In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ambrose, Bishop of Milan, who died in 397, said this, that God became a child so that you and I could become full, mature human beings. The Son and Word of God made flesh, born as we know as Jesus of Nazareth, came so that we could become full, mature human beings. And on this baptism of our Lord Sunday, Jesus has matured and he has arrived ready to take on his mission and ministry from God as the Messiah of Israel and the one that would sanctify the entire creation. And he stands there at the river Jordan and is prepared to be baptized. John says, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. And of course, we know that Jesus had no need of baptism the way that we do. But in fact, that Jesus entered into baptism in order to fulfill the will and the plan of God. It was to fulfill all righteousness because he was identifying with us in the waters of baptism so that by our own baptism, we could become children of God. So Jesus is obediently entering what the plan of God is for him in his mission and ministry. And he's also, as the divine son of God, entering into the waters to sanctify the waters of the entire planet so that they could, through baptism, be the source of eternal life for all. It's a beautiful and wonderful picture. Well, Jesus himself went through transitions in life, and each of us goes through all of these changes and transitions in our life. I recently saw a movie called Boyhood. Boyhood. Has anybody saw the movie Boyhood? Yeah, just a couple. Well, I can see who the intellectual people are in the uh, congregation. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, this incredible movie was filmed over about 12 to 15 years. The last name of the director is someone who lives in Austin, Texas, named Linkletter. And what he did, which nobody else had done, is he had a, uh, a young boy and his daughter, as a matter of fact. They played brother and sister in the movie. But they filmed this movie over a period of 12 to 15 years as this young boy grew up. And you could see his body changing, his face changing, his hair, you know, earrings. I mean, the whole thing, you know, he went through this great transition. And the movie ends when he finally enters college. It's extraordinary because they didn't have to get different actors to play the different parts of his life. But each one of us is going through this incredible transition through life. 
We go through birth and then we grow up. We have a childhood and then we have an adolescence and then we have an educational life and then we get out. We have a work life and a family life. And then finally that ends and then we have some type of retirement and the pursuits of that. And then we finally get to the end of our lives if we buy Uh, good fortune, God's grace, however you want to explain it, have a long life and then we have our final years and we die and we exit the scene. All of us are going through these type of transitions. And so on this day of the baptism of our Lord, we can ask the question, who am I? Who are we? What is this life about? All of it is going by so fast. What what does it all mean? And in the baptism of Jesus and in our own baptism, we receive answers to those questions. In fact, in our baptism, we receive an identity from God that will last forever. We also receive an overarching goal for our life that all other goals and pursuits fall under. And thirdly, we receive guidance and empowerment to reach that final goal. And that's what I want to talk about today. Well, if someone asked you, who are you? You might give a number of different answers. At different times of my life, I might have said, well, I'm a singer. Or I might have said, I sell computers, I'm a computer salesman, or I'm a dad, or even I'm a priest. But the truth is, none of those are really who I am. And if you were to answer by your occupation, I'm a businessman, I'm an attorney, uh, I'm uh, someone who is a homemaker, whatever it is, if you were to answer the question, who are you, by what it is you do, you are failing to answer the question because we are not what we do. We are something different than that. Our baptism tells us who we are because God gives us our identity. The most important thing I think we can know about who it is that we are to answer that question, who am I, is is that we are a child of God Loved of God forever, and that is a gift. We didn't do anything to receive it. All we did was show up, and we were baptized and taken out of that old humanity and brought over into union with Christ, into His kingdom, received the Holy Spirit. Uh, Our salvation is begun through our baptism, and our Identity is as a child of God, beloved of God forever and ever, and it's simply a gift that we receive. That is who we are. I'm not a priest, ultimately, in the most profound way. I'm a child of God, loved by God, who happens to be at this time having the honor of serving as a priest. But that will end. That will someday end. Just like every other human pursuit will someday end. And that's why it's important for us to understand that foundational identity that God has given us to say to each one of us, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, 
and I'm going to love you forever, no matter what. Because that's who God is. That's simply who God is. Now, if your identity is based on anything other than being a beloved child of God, given as a gift, then watch out. We can get ourselves into trouble quick. Because we have the human tendency of trying to live our own life on our own terms. We want to decide our identity. We want to change it whenever we want. We want to go on our own path. And so the human tendency called sin is to unhook ourselves from our identity and from God and try to blaze some other trail. But when we do that, what happens is, is that we... Because we don't have an identity that's given to us forever by God, we have to look to other people or other things or ourselves for our identity. And then we are at the mercy of a number of unmerciful critics. We want to get our kudos or our self built up or our uh, affirmation from others. Well, let me tell you, others most often are not so uh, pleased about giving that to you. And you have to pay dearly in order to get it, right? We know this human game. And so when we unhook ourselves, we are in need of constant approval from the peering and critical eyes of others. But it can get worse. On certain days... We are in need of the approval of sometimes the most harshest critic, and that's ourselves. We know those days as well. Well, our sense of self-worth, our sense of self-esteem, will always be in jeopardy unless we know who we are, and we are who we are by the identity that God has given us as a gift And it is something that we can have forever and ever, and it can never be threatened. Well, the truth is, is that our actions and our behaviors, they certainly have consequences. But underneath actions and behaviors, underneath our fear and our confusion, underneath the chaos and struggle of our lives, underneath even the pursuits and the manipulations to try to achieve pleasure and to avoid pain, if you go even further down when you hit rock bottom, it's just you, me, God, and Christ, and His love. And the rock bottom is the place to be. It's the place to always return to over and over again in life because the security of knowing that you are a child of God, beloved by God, just given as a gift, is who each of us really, really are. From that point, we can move forward to an overarching goal that God gives us. Jesus had a specific goal as the ministry of the Messiah, he knew that overarching goal that is, in fact, our same goal, and it cost him dearly to finally reach that goal. But the truth is, human life is just like that. There are many crosses to bear along the way to meet this goal. Well, what is the goal of life? What is this goal of life? Well, 
Theologian John Breck lets us know that the goal of life is this. It is to love and know and enjoy God forever and share in his divine life and glory. That is the final end point of what the goal is. To know and to love and to enjoy God forever and share in his divine life and glory. Now that's not normally what we think about when we wake up, right? We wake up and we start thinking about, oh gosh, what do I got to do today? Or I'm already running late or I need to take a shower. I've got to shave, whatever it is. But every day, if we will stop and pause before we get going and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. We can get ourselves centered and focused. And if we will take the time to even pray for just a minute or two, or just say the Lord's Prayer, it can bring us back into alignment as the child of God, the beloved child of God that we are, before we start missing the mark throughout the day. But our overarching goal to know and to love God and to be in a relationship with Him and to enjoy and be a part of His divine life and glory, everything else in life fits under that overarching goal. Everybody has to work or they have something to do. They have things going on. And so that overarching goal, though, is given to us in our baptism as a child of God. But the good news is, is that we have empowerment and guidance in order to reach that goal. Because when we are baptized, we uh, have the, the wonderful reality of coming to know and have God as our Heavenly Father. God who loves us and who cares for us, who only wills our good, who always calls us to himself, who always wants us to reach our full potential as a child of God. In our baptism, we receive Christ indwelling in us. We are in union with Him. He is our Lord and our guide for living. He's told us the best way to live. It's all in the Scriptures. And then we receive the Holy Spirit, the power and presence of God internal, in order to help us accomplish that final goal of sharing in the divine life and glory of God forever and ever. Now, what it takes from us, though, is a synergy, a synergy of our will cooperating with God's grace and power. There's a great story about a man who worked for the Ford Motor Company for 35 years. He finally retired, and after he retired, he had a spiritual conversion. He was baptized, and after his baptism... He started to feel guilty. He started to feel guilty because he knew in his garage were parts and products from the Ford Motor Company that he had acquired over 35 entire years. And he knew, he said, I've got to, I've got to return this stuff. So he rented a truck and put almost a whole garage full of parts and products from Ford and drove it back to the Ford Motor Company. The foreman saw it and said, what is this? And he says, I've been baptized and, and now I know that I basically stole from the company and, and here's all your stuff back. Well, the foreman went to his superior and then that superior went to Henry Ford himself and told him the entire uh, story. 
Well, Henry Ford said, let's dam up the Detroit River and baptize the entire plant and all the employees. (laughs) That's good. Because Henry Ford knew how many things were lost and stolen uh, at his plants. But baptism doesn't work like that. If it were magic, we could just hose people down any place we could find them. Or we could just force people to be baptized at gunpoint in order to get them saved. Baptism doesn't work like that. God offers us a new life. We've been reborn, born from above. We've been united with Christ. We've received the Holy Spirit. We, in fact, have been transferred out of the old humanity that's characterized by corruption and death and brought over into a new kingship, a new kingdom. But that's God's action. What is required now and until we reach the final goal is that synergy of our cooperation, of our will, our intentions, everything that we're doing and synergize with God's grace and power in order to reach our final goal. And so decisions... And all of the consequences of the decisions that we make and our intentions and our wills and our actions are very, very important. They don't give us our foundational identity, but they do help us reach that final goal of being in union and communion with God and his divine life and glory forever and ever and ever. Our cooperation with God doesn't make us a child of God but it does help us live like a child of God. And so today, we're gathered here. I hope that it is your will and intention to be here this day in order to move a little bit further along in our communion with the divine life and love of God as we worship, as we pray, as we receive the sacrament of His life in us to continue that work of transformation So we can reach our final goal. And so on this baptism of our Lord Sunday, we rejoice that we are not under the harsh criticism of others for our approval or who we are. Because hopefully today we've been reminded that we are children of God, beloved forever by God. And that's a gift given by God to us. And from that place, we know the goal of life and we can continue to place all the other priorities of life under that overarching goal. And let us come to the body and blood of Christ to receive the empowerment to receive that goal to truly be children of God. Amen.